That's right. Those guys have done an unbelievable job leading in, as always. You never know what you're going to get over there at Chaos Theory. Uh, after my show today, Trey and BK will be on location right here at the Covert BK location. And at what I'm telling you right now, if you've ever been to a dealership, if you've ever been to a car lot, you know what it looks like. Uh, there's a lot going on. But I've never in my life seen a more beautiful uh, dealership and out, out here at Covert BK. Make sure you come out here. We way out here, though. We way, way, way out here. If you've ever driven out this way, it is beautiful out here. We're at 42 acres uh, in the Texas Hill Country. Covert BK has three new state-of-the-art auto dealerships carrying seven brands. You know which ones they are. Your favorites. Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those seven brands, Covert also has a Ford dealership in Huddle and a Ford and Lincoln in Austin off of 183. They have something for everyone. And if you are out looking for a new vehicle, no better place to go than Covert BK. Go to covertbcave.com and you can check out the specials and, of course, the inventory. But like I said, we're going to have food out here. Michael Griffin is going to be out here uh, signing autograph, kissing babies, unlike Russell Wilson. Unlike Russell Wilson, but I can't get into that just yet. But I want to talk about this big game this weekend. Alabama hosting our Texas Longhorns. And I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what exactly is going to go down in this game. Well, I'm here for it. I'm here for you. I'm going to give you all the ins and the outs, the things that I see, the conversations that need to be had, and who is going to be the breakout star in this game. There's a lot to get into, so let's get right into it. So the first thing that I wanted to kind of chop it up about is Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow got paid yesterday. I'm going to get into the Texas Longhorns. We just talked about it the other day about Joe, uh, Nick Bosa getting paid from the 49ers and how he became that big baller and buying all the meals, by the way. He'll be paying for all the dinners. But Joe Burrow became the first person to break the bank. When you talk about making money and what Joe Burrow was able to do, I want y'all to think about this, about how much money this dude really got. He got a five-year, $275 million contract extension to his already. He's still playing on his rookie deal. And we've been talking about this for quite some time. Everybody's been talking about Joe Burrow and what it was going to look like when he got his opportunity to get paid. I told you yesterday when you were watching uh, Nick Bosa get paid, you were thinking about Micah Parsons. How's Micah? How much money is Micah Parsons truly going to make this year? Well, Joe Burrow just set the market, and he set it big time with how much money he just got paid. But I do want to break this down. So starting in April, Jalen Hurts signed a five-year deal worth fifty-one million dollars coming the highest paid quarterback everybody was talking about his money and you kept thinking about it well then may comes around lamar jackson signs that five-year deal as well five years extension worth 52 million dollars and so you start thinking all right who's the, who's next in line for that big payday who's the next guy for that big payday well justin herbert became that guy so they said let's just make it a little bit more than what lamar jackson got Justin Herbert signs a five-year extension worth up to $52 million per year. So yesterday, Joe Burrow reportedly signs a deal 
for $55 million per year. That to me is something that is utterly amazing. But you know, the one thing that nobody ever talks about with all these contracts, taxes. <laughs> so on the surface, those numbers look amazing. But let's just break down Joe Burrow's contract. So let's just say his salary is $55 million a year. He's going to pay $20.3 million in federal taxes. Think about that. He's paying $20 million in federal taxes. Then the agent, you know, we got to get our money. The agent said, let me, let me get some of that. $1.7 million. And then you get FICA. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out who FICA is, man. They always taking money out your check. You get FICA and Medicare gets their money. They're getting $1.3 million out of that contract. And then, of course, you got to pay the state tax where you live, Ohio. He's going to pay $1.1 million in taxes. So the $55 million look great, but he's actually going to make $29 million. <laughs> I know, Crimea River, I'm just messing with you. But congratulations to my man, Joe Burrow, well-deserved. We've all talked about Joe Burrow and how he's got that it factor about him. You see what he's been able to do with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's done some great work within that community as well. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I may not be a huge Cincinnati Bengal fan, but I am a big Joe Burrow fan. So kudos to him and congratulations for, for getting that contract. Um, by the way, shout out to my man, Chris Bennett, CB. I see you. Israel, I see. That's right. It's good work if you can find it, as our man Sean Adams used to talk about. And I appreciate you bringing up Sean as well. Uh, I do want to bring up this. So we've been talking big, big week. This has been the game that everybody's been talking about for quite some time. This has been the focus of the games. Uh, everybody... Game day is going to be there. By the way, Texas is one and seven when game day is there, but we're not going to break that up. Uh, but this is where everybody's going to be talking about. This is what everybody's focused on. Alabama, Crimson Tide hosting our Texas Longhorns. And when I say our Texas Longhorns, we live in Austin. You see me? I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. But the biggest challenge for me is what is going to be the game plan. Is Sark going to be in his bag like he was last year during this time. This was the Sark that we we was waiting to see. The play calling was on point. We all know about his scripts and how he starts the, the, the games off with it and then the adjustments. But let's just put it into perspective for what it was last year. Quinn yours last year at the start of that game, he was on fire. He was 9 of 12 for 134 yards, and he was putting in that work. And then Dallas Turner comes in and knocks my man out, and he ends up not coming back into the game. And Hudson Card kept the Longhorns in, and I know Sark kind of pulled back on the game plan, which was kind of shocking to me because at that moment, I, I thought that Hudson Card was did a great, great job of uh, being that backup quarterback and understanding his role when it came down to that. But I also looked at it and said – there was an opportunity for Sark to really keep pushing. And he just kind of missed the mark on that. But the game was right at, right there. Texas ends up losing 20 to 19 on a, a controversial call in the end zone where it should have been a safety. 
Bryce Young does his magic trick and continues to help his team win, put them in a position to win the game. So kudos to them. And that is what we saw last week, last year. But it's a new year, new team. There's a lot of uh, hype surrounding this game. And I was asked this earlier today on another show that I did um, on the East Coast. And they asked me, is this a make or break type of game? And I said, no, I don't think this has any bearing on the future of Coach Sark. I don't think this has any bearing on what's going to happen next season as you go into the SEC. But I do believe it has a, a this is a watershed mark for the season. And the reason why I say that is strictly because when you look at this team and you see where they are, and you see where they are headed. You see the great recruiting. We talked to Norman Watkins yesterday uh, about what this brand is starting to build again. You're getting great recruiting classes. You've got exceptional players. And you have a coach in Coach Sark that is truly looking for this type of signature win. And I know that everybody's going to always say, well, look what he did last year with Alabama. I mean, not Alabama. Look what he did last year with Oklahoma. They went out there and won 49 to nothing. Yeah, but was that a, a game that you can honestly say was a quote-unquote signature? I think the bigger signature win was the game against K-State when they went out there and won that game. I thought that was a bigger win for me. But this game does set up to put Sark in the conversation of being the one that can bring Texas, quote unquote, back. We're all waiting for that. We're all waiting for those moments. But every year we've had these hurdles and these roadblocks to where you start questioning, uh, is he the guy? He is the guy. He's not going anywhere. So stop thinking like that. Please stop thinking like that. I think the biggest part of Sark's game will happen in the second in third quarters because you want to go into halftime playing well and you, when you come out of halftime you want to continue to punch people in the face that's the most important part for me i think that he is prepared for this and if you've listened to him in any of his interviews this week it's a little bit different sark and i'm all here for it i want you to be a little snappy at some of the questions I want you to be dialed in to the point that you are getting yourself ready and you're getting that mindset and that psyche of your team. Norm Watkins was on with us yesterday and he said something that I thought was very poignant. You get to the point that you start thinking and visualizing all of the things that you are capable of doing. Am I going to be in the right position to make that play? Am I knowing my assignments and dialed in the focus has to be laser sharp you have to be so dialed into your assignment that you're you're antsy on getting that to happen you want the ball you want to make that big block you want to be a part of that big play this is the type of game where you can put yourself on the map in front of the scouts, in front of your fans, in front of your uh, national media. This is the type of game that I expect you, whoever you are, and I'll get to some of the keys of the game and who the players are, that I'm going to be paying attention to in just a little bit. 
But this is an opportunity for you to let Coach Sark know, I am here for you. I am going to be in this battle for you. And I'm going to give you everything that I have. This is a growing up game. You have to grow up right now. I don't care if you're a freshman, sophomore, or even a junior. Somebody that is getting that opportunity for the first time to show that he deserves to be on the field. Because the one thing that Coach Sark is going to be looking for, and I think any coach does this, I coached before, and I wanted to have confidence that if I put you on the field, you are going to go do what is asked of you. I think this is an opportunity for a lot of those guys, and I can't wait. We got a couple questions on here. And my boy, my boy Derek, uh, excuse me, Daryl says, if Cure starts, if Cure starts badly, is Sark going to take too long to make the switch like he did? card to Thompson against Nebraska, I mean, against Arkansas. I don't believe this is that type of game. I think you ride with him unless he is either injured or something has happened where he just looks like he's completely out of it. I don't think Sark pulls him. I don't think this is the time for that. I know everybody's clamoring for Malik Murphy. I, I like Malik. I like Malik a lot, but this is Quinn Ewers team. This he is Sark is going to ride that horse till he can't ride no more. This is that time for you to, like I said, you make this win. You get this going. As my boy told me just a little bit, you either in or you out. And if you're going to be in with Quinn, let's ride it out. I believe in him. I know that he knows what he did last year. And let's not get it twisted, folks. This Alabama team is not as good as the Alabama team from last year or the year before. Don't forget the team last year didn't even make the college football playoffs, which was rare for coach Nick Saban, but they didn't even make the playoffs. So when you're looking at this game and I'll, I'll take a little bit of what Shador Sanders said. I know everybody's tired of Colorado, but if you listen to the words and not, not look at the bravado and you just kind of, clear things out and just close your eyes and just listen to what he's saying. He said, the biggest difference is people fear names, not the athletes. They're not going to be all first rounders. I know Alabama normally does have a lot of first rounders on that field, but they're not all first rounders. There's going to be some players out there that may not even get drafted or play in the NFL. Texas has got the same kind. So if you go out there and you can execute your game plan to the best of your abilities and you don't look at the name Alabama, Bryant-Denny Stadium, and just truly understand who you're dealing with, that just go out there and play your game because you're talented too. That's all that it's about. This is the games that you sign up and come to the University of Texas for. This is why you go to Alabama. And these are going to be the games that we're going to be a part of moving forward. We're going into the SEC. So all the pomp and circumstance and all the bravado and everything that's going on, the pageantry of this game, game day, and all that good stuff that's there. This is what it's about. I want to be in this type of game. I want to be the one that can get the ball. When I was playing baseball, I used to always beg for the ball to be hit to me because I wanted to make the play. When I was playing high school football, punt return, I always was like, I am going to make a play when my team needs me. 
that is what this game brings to you. When you're ready to make a big play and you're ready to play in these types of game and you're, you know, and you trust your training that you went through, that is what you want to look at. Those are the types of moments that you live for. These are the types of games that you sign up for. But And the coaching staff, you can't tell me Tashar Choice ain't going to be so hyped on that sideline trying to pump up his running game. I know that. You've seen it. PK calling that defense. He knows. Last year, everybody was talking about Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson had all offseason to work on this game plan. That's why Texas played so well. It's PK now. I think PK was the reason last year, too. GP was in there. He showed some. He, he showed where the flaws were. But now this is PK's defense, and he got them dogs up front. You got them big boys that know that they're going to put themselves on the map in this game. You saw it last year, Tavondre Sweat. I've been waiting for my man to show. I've been waiting for him because he's that dude. He's that dog that we've been talking about. Those are the guys that are ready for this moment. They trust themselves. They trust themselves. And I trust them too. But right now, let me give a shout out to all the folks over here that have been a proud sponsor of what we're doing. Like I told you before, I'm on location today. I'm at Covert BK. The Coverts have done a great job of supporting uh, Texas Sports Un Unfiltered. I can't wait to continue to see how much more we can do with the Coverts. Again, you got game day. You got pregame shows that are being done out here. And also you got Michael Griffin coming out today to do some autographs, get some food. Uh, Smokey Moe's has got some food coming out here. The fun starts at 1130 in the middle of my show, in the middle of my show. I'm going to go out there and say hi to him after my show. But make sure you get over here to Covert BK. Uh, special shout out to Syntex Tickets. I know you're trying to get those tickets to get to all the concerts. And of course, there's still some tickets available. I know it's kind of rare, but there's some out there for this Alabama game. Shout out to my man, Mike Murphy at Last Stand Hats. Uh, Brain Vault, all stab rear, no impurities, no regrets. Relax the back, you heard Trey talking about it. Bucky's back, he, Trey was talking about his chair. Relax the back, Top Gun, Reynolds and Lawn Equipment, and of course, 7-Eleven. I'll give a shout out to Audio Visual Consultations in just a minute, but you know that. Hit us up on the, on the text line, 512-222-9328. And I love the fact that everybody is so hyped about this game. My mom, Michael, my business, he was talking about, I would love to see X and um, Cook on the field at the same time. What do I say? I say, you are right. Those guys need to be on there. And I do believe the reason why we didn't see a lot of that last week, it was a vanilla game plan. It was a vanilla game plan. Keep that in mind. I want to see some, some more movement. We didn't see a lot of motion last, last game either. So understand that Sark likes motion to that guy and get the pass to him. So whoever's in motion, they like to do it. I think the big player in this game is going to be Jatavian Sanders. I think JT is going to have a big part of the success uh, of this game. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But, yes, I'm with you on that, Michael. I, I would love to see X and Cook on the field. I would love to see the ability to stretch the field by two guys and put pressure on those safeties. I think it's going to be one of those types of games. And I, I agree that Sark will be back in his bag. I promise you. No, Sark has been salivating for this. He knows what the record is for 
the assistance going against Nick Saban, especially in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be very, very tough. It's going to be a battle. But like I said, I don't see a lot of people on on uh, Alabama's sideline that are definitely going to be top-round picks where Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid is definitely that guy. He's going to be a big-time player. But I love Caleb Downs, the young freshman that is back there. He's going to make plays. So remember him, too. When you hear that name, Caleb Downs, make sure you're paying attention because that young man is going to be an absolute baller. But here's the thing that I always try to look at when I'm breaking down these types of games and what the psyche is. When you look across the field and you're looking at Jalen Milrow and everybody's talking about, let's not forget, everybody panicked. When he went to Alabama, everybody panicked when he got a chance to play because they were saying, oh, no, he, he doesn't look like a good thrower. He's all he is is a running quarterback. And it's like, oh, you got to get it correct. That's not always true. The young man is a damn good football player. And he's, he's getting his opportunity to uh, have a chance to play. He's getting an opportunity to lead this program. And you see Coach Saban has faith in him. He earned that position. And again, don't forget, when he decommitted from the University of Texas and committed to Alabama, Coach Sark was the one who recruited him to Alabama. Let's not forget that. And we want to give Sark so much credit for being a quarterback whisperer and an evaluator of the quarterback position, because look at, hell, look at our roster. Look at the University of Texas's roster. They got, that quarterback room is deep. So if you're going to entrust that, understand that this young man, and we all know Sark don't like running quarterbacks. Think about that for a minute. He don't like his quarterbacks running around. He knows something. He knows that this young man has the ability to throw my biggest concern in this game is containment, containment, containment. Don't let him get outside the pocket. Don't let him extend plays. Make, make him throw off schedule, take away his first read and make him show you what Sark saw in him when he was recruiting. Now, obviously, he's not with Sark anymore, so the development may be totally different. Got Tommy Reese that came in from Notre Dame, and I know that a lot of people uh, didn't like Tommy Reese's defense. I mean, uh, offensive schemes. Maybe it was the personnel. He's got totally different personnel than what he's got, what he had at uh, Notre Dame. He's got some different skill positions, but I don't believe that they're the top of the line skill position. I think there's some other things that have happened. There are some things that have changed throughout. But the talent oozes out of Jalen Milrow. I'm a big fan of his. I was a big fan of his when he was coming to Texas. I thought he was going to be the quarterback at the University of Texas. But now he's getting his opportunity in, in, in Alabama. And we're going to learn a lot about this young man this weekend. But containment is important. Containment on the defensive end, learning, knowing your assignment and knowing your role. Will Alfred Collins be that guy? to keep him in that pocket, get him to the ground. Will my man, Anthony Hill, will this be a game that the young freshman steps up? And I've heard my man Bucky Godbolt say this all the time. 
if your ability on the field is better than others, understand this. You deserve to be on the field. I don't give a doggone if you are a freshman. You are old enough to be out there if you're ready to make some plays. So understand that. Understand that. Now, my keys to the game. I'm going to give this to you early because I'm going to transition out. And I'm going to give you some uh, plays, uh, some big plays from this weekend, some games that I'll be paying attention to. And I'd encourage you to pay attention to them. I'm not going to give you the betting lines or anything like that. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you the games that I like this weekend. And one of them happens to be tonight as Kansas hosts Illinois. And the reason why I'm worried about that game is because uh, Jalen Daniels is back for Kansas. And he was the preseason player of the year, offensive player of the year. And last year, he was putting up major numbers that I thought he was going to end up uh, in the Heisman watch, but he ended up getting hurt. So they had to switch that out. So here's here's Hardball Harge. He's to the game. Um, stop me if you heard this before, my people. Texas must deliver the first punch in this game. And once they deliver that first punch, they need to keep punching. Because the Alabama Crimson Tide, they've been in these games for a very long time. They understand what it's all about when you break down the film, what you've been in a dog fight, and what you need to do to get yourself out of that corner. And I believe right now, Alabama's backed into a corner. You've heard other people talk about it. You know, this might be the demise of Alabama. The, uh, Georgia's running away with the conference and LSU is coming. <laughs> they got knocked out. Uh, but you sit and you watch and you try to figure out what's next for this team. Is Alabama really that good? So they must deliver that first punch and they must continue to keep punching and continue to keep punching. You are going to be in a heavyweight fight, and it's going to be on the lines of scrimmage. So that's number two for me, is Texas must establish the lines of scrimmage. Offensively, they have to get way better than what they were last week. They have to be able to move those big bodies in front of them, whether it's to create a crease or rather to drive off the ball. They have to do that at the line of scrimmage. The Bama has some big boys, but they need to be moved. And that is what it's going to be about. There's going to be some tough sledding. And of course, size does matter. Size does matter. But you have to be able to establish it up front. And the lines of scrimmage are playing a very crucial, crucial uh, part of this. My man Brock brought up a good point. The Alabama, the Alabama offense isn't built to come from behind. You're right. They don't have that quarterback that'll be able to throw the ball. I think Jalen Milrow can throw the ball, but that's not who they are. That's not how they are built. So you have. that's why you have to go and deliver the first blow and continue to do that. Lastly, you got to take the crowd out of the game. You definitely have to take that. That crowd is so fired up right now. You know it. You know. I saw one of my buddies, uh, Bob Ballou, said that, they already been getting horns down as soon as they arrived in Tuscaloosa. And I'm sure they didn't have on any longhorn stuff, but they knew they were. Y'all ain't from around here. I know that. <laughs> they know that. So here's another part of it. Here's another part. They must, they must score and control the clock. They have to control that clock. You've got to make sure that you keep that Alabama defense on the field 
by uh, uh, sustaining long drives and running that clock down. You have to make sure you do that. Last year, Bama had one big play on the ground, and that was Jace McKellen. He got on the outside, and he took it to the house. But other than that, the Texas defense kept them under control, and they con- they controlled the line of scrimmage better than what we had seen da- da- Texas do long before that. It's been a minute since we saw that. So they have to make sure that they do that. And Texas has to remember, continue to run the ball. I know it could get frustrating. I've been there. I've seen it. I've been, I've I've watched it, but you can't just abandon the run just for the sake of abandoning it. Don't get into a shootout. Don't try to make it uh, pass, pass, pass. We saw that in in, uh, Oklahoma state last year. You had opportunity TCU game last year at home. You still had an opportunity to stay in the game. They did. They kept running the ball, kept running the ball. And then there Kendra Miller pops one. We had Bijan Robinson last year, and you decided that you were going to abandon the run. Don't abandon the run. Stay with it. We saw said Baxter bust one last week. By the way, he's going to be back. Hopefully, Coach Sark said he had a great week. This is where he came in and said that he did well, and he looks like he's ready to go. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. But don't sleep on my man, Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks, this is another one of those games where everybody in the nation will be watching this game. Jonathan Brooks has a chance to put himself on the map, and so does C.J. Baxter as a young freshman. I'm excited to watch that. You can make things happen. And if you don't feel like you can establish the run, quick game, quick game, quick game. Get the ball out of your hand. Get the ball out of Quinn's hands. Make Quinn... Put the play, put the ball in the playmakers' hands and let them do some very, very special things with the ball. You got too many weapons on the outside. I was talking to somebody. We we have continued to believe that the Texas Longhorns wide receiver room is one of the best wide receivers rooms out there. We've seen it. We've seen all those people. We've seen all those plays that are being made. Get those guys the ball and let them get it in space and let them get you all those yak yards. Those receiving yards, I know somebody was talking to me the other day and they were saying the receiving yards don't even really mean anything on screen plays. I don't like those yards. Well, they count. And I want all of it. I want all of it. I want to see more screens. Get the short routes, get the ball in the playmaker's hands. And those are my three keys to the game. I also want to give you my players to watch. Every week is going to be somebody different. And I think it's important for us to to understand who some of these players are. Are they capable of doing this? You know, normally I can sit here and say, I know some of these guys are going to show up. Some you don't know yet. You don't know. So three of my players to watch. I'll start it off with C.J. Baxter. We just talked about what Coach Sark said, that he had a great week of practice. Uh, He got hurt last week. I thought, to be quite honest with you, with the way that he landed, I thought it was either going to be a a busted shoulder or a broken clavicle the way that he landed. I was glad to hear that it wasn't that significant, and he's obviously going to be back onto the field. So I'm happy about that. Uh, My second player, this is it's actually going to be a group. It's going to be the linebackers. The linebackers need to play a big game. Obviously, Jalen Ford, preseason defensive player of the year. We already saw him get an interception last week. He, all he does is make plays. 
but there's some guys that are going to be asked to do some things that we let's just say I believe Sark's going or not Sark, but PK is going to put these guys in a position to make plays. I've always uh, wondered what David Benda's job was going to be at the University of Texas. This guy has been everything and tried to do too much for everybody. And what I mean by that is jack of all trades, master of none. He was playing running back. They needed him on running back. They put him in linebacker. They put him in linebacker. They did. They put him on the outside. They put him on the inside. Now he's getting his opportunity. He said, they said he's had a great offseason of really focusing on the linebacker position. Great job there. So I, I'm going to put Anthony Hill, the young freshman. This will put him on the map, but David Benda too. This is going to be a huge game for making sure that they're going to contain Milrow because we believe that Jalen Milrow is their running game. Jace McClellan is a good back. He's not a great back. He's not like the older backs and that, that Alabama has had in the past. He's not that type of back, but he's a doggone good back. He's from Alito, Texas, one of those guys. So I'm excited to see what these defensive players are going to do. Uh, and, of course, Kelvin Banks on that offensive line. He didn't have his best game last week. I'm sure he'll tell you that. But Sark said all the things that they saw on film – was correctable, and that's that old line. I want to see what Kelvin Banks is going to be able to do, and he's got to keep Quinn yours upright. You know, we we made a lot of complaints about Quinn and the deep ball, and if you go back and you watch the game, the deep ball wasn't hidden because some of those throws he couldn't step into because he was getting hit. He had to throw some of them off the back foot because pressure was coming up the middle. So there is going to be something that needs to uh, to help him out is making sure that the the – the backside, Kelvin Banks, is keeping him upright. So I'll, those are some of the players that I want to see make some big plays. My main player that I believe is going to be an integral part of this game and is probably going to be the player of the game is just like my man, let me see, saying Sapper, JT Sanders is going to get the ball. I think he is going to get the ball this game. I think JT Sanders is going to be a, a major, major player in this game. You saw a little bit of it last year. He, that was almost his coming out party. I think that is going to be a major uh, player in this game. JT Sanders will be my player of the game by the end of this game. Mark my words. I think he might even have double-digit receptions in this game. JT Sanders is somebody that, if you look to keep him engaged, you have to get him the ball early. You have to get him the ball early. And if you can do that, excuse me, I had to get us something to drink. If you can do that, you will see a motivated JT Sanders. I promise you that. I want to give you a break for a second, and I want to play this video for you. <clears throat> because of the simple fact that we are now in, uh, I guess you would probably say we are in uh, SEC country. I saw this on social media the other day. And, you know, we like to name our our pets after people or or things that we see or people. My, my dog's name is Seti, Seti Bear. That's what we call our dog. And you know why we call him that? Because of Seti Jackie Robinson from Steve Harvey's shop. From the Steve Harvey TV show, Cedric the Entertainer, his character was Seti Jackie Robinson. And so we just saw, hey, I've always liked that name. So I named my dog Seti. And we love it. But in the SEC, they like to name their pets. 
They're some of their favorite people. This dog here is our pride and joy. This dog's name's Peyton. This right here is our dog Stetson. She qualified to be put down a couple years ago, but somehow she's still here. Burrow! Come here, Burrow! We've had Saban, Tusky, Julio, Amari. This right here is our dog Jimbo. We're kind of stuck with her at this point. Cost too much to buy her. Cost even more to get rid of her. I mean, come on, this is South Carolina. I'm not naming a dog Jadavian. We've had Dooley, Munson, Ricked, Bobo, Quincy. This right here is our dog Cam Newton. People think he just voluntarily chose to come to this household, but most people don't know we paid a lot of money for him. Daggum, we used to have a dog named Fulmer. I mean, most of our dogs play basketball. We named our pet Reno here. Yeah, get it, Petrino. Nice dog, but he ended up running off with one of the other dogs in the neighborhood, you know, so. Had some neck problems, too. We have a football team? I mean, Michael Sam? We got two main pets, Archie and Eli. My daughter wants to name our next pet Kiffin, but feels like every spring we're scared he's gonna run off. We've had one really good pet, and that's Tebow here. But that makes up for all the other pets we've had that, you know, start running with the wrong kind of pets. And then, you know, pets end up missing or killing other pets. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd give y'all a little break. It's been intense about this week, but it is hilarious when you start thinking about how you name your pets. Um, I want y'all to hit me up on the text line or even in the comments, 512-222-9328. I see a lot of people commenting on who they think will be their player, the breakout player in this game. What are you looking for in this game? Who is What will make you happy? I've been asking you that all week. Obviously, the victory will make everybody happy. I expect that to be uh, this to be a low-scoring game. I believe that this game is going to be running, running clock because don't forget it only stops in the last two minutes. But I expect both of these teams to try to establish some sort of, of power in the running game. I know both teams don't look like they are running the ball well at this point. There are some big plays here and there that you can say, oh, that's why you got all those yards. But that's part of the game. That's part of the game. So I'm expecting this game to be low scoring. But I think it's going to be a dogfight to the fourth quarter. But what do you expect to see happen in this game to, uh, tomorrow? I'm excited for it. Some of the other games that are out there, and I got some people out here. My boy Tyson just says he got horns by 15, and and JT, I mean JT, and uh, yours will throw three touchdowns. Mark it down. I'm cool with that. That makes everybody happy if that happens. But I don't know about all of how that's going to be uh, go down because it's going to be a hard fall game. So I'm excited about that. Um, I like this right here, Andrew Martin. I'm ready for Brooks to get his. Me too. I think he's one of those underrated running backs that everybody kind of forgot because of who was on the team. So I'm with you on that. Uh, we got this junior 1165. Is Alabama's quarterback as good as he looked the other day? Or was that the lack of talent on the other team? I think it's a combination of both. I think he's definitely a talented uh, football player. He is electric with the ball in his hands. And if you go back and look at some of the games that he played in last year, every time he got in, he had some sort of splash play. I know a lot of people were talking about the interceptions, but in those games, and you're not used to playing and you don't have that time, of course you're going to have 
some of those situations where you, you you're going to make mistakes. I think that happens. But yes, he is talented like that. Uh, my boy Brock just said that Tulane and Ole Miss game might be one of the games of the week. It may be, but I'm still looking at uh, this game that we're going to be a part of tomorrow night. Those are the types of guys that I want to uh, see continue to happen. That's right. McClellan did go for a big play for 81, but it was only one play. That's my point. If you make you continue to run the ball, you may have that back that can pop out and get you a big play. And that big play ended up being uh, one of the parts that helped them win that game. It was a missed assignment. You got to stay close to your assignment. It was a missed assignment, and that's what, what ended up happening. So you got to make sure you're paying attention to it. I want to talk a little bit about the games that are going to be going on, and then I will talk about the Cowboys as we get ready to wrap up the day. And I want to make sure that everybody comes out to Covert BK. Michael Griffin will be in the house. I think he's already here. Uh, he's going to be signing autographs, eating lunch, and saying hi to everybody. So make sure y'all come out there and so come out here and support. We're out here. We're out here. Trey and BK are going to be able to do their show out here as well. So it's going to be a fun, fun day for a lot of people. So make sure you come out to uh, Covert BK. Go to covertbcave.com and check out all the inventory and make sure that you get a new car. Uh, special shout out to audiovisual consultations. This is the weekend, folks. If you don't have your TV by now, you're slipping. But if you need one, make sure you reach out to my man, Tom McKay, over at AV Consultations. Go to avconsultations.com and he will hook it up. Or you can just give him a call, 512-255-8678, and they can hook up an outdoor theater, indoor theater, uh, your room. They got special lightings that you might want. Make sure you hit them up. Tom McKay have been, been around for a very long time. I know that he's done cover three. If you're going to be at cover three watching the game on Saturday night, you will see that Tom McKay put those TVs up, no matter which location you are at. AV Consultations, that is avconsultations.com. Some of the games that are going to be kicking off, especially the one that starts tonight, I really want to watch this Kansas and Illinois game. I know Illinois is probably down, but I really want to see what uh, Kansas has with Jalen Daniels in this lineup. He is a very special type of player that can definitely uh, – people have already looked at him as one of the top players in the country. He's been up for uh, Offensive Player of the Year for the Big 12, and like I said before, he was one of the most exciting players last year and would have been in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Him and Lance Leopold, they got a good thing working over there with that offense. So I want to see what Jalen Daniels can do. And, folks, Kansas is, is on the rise. I don't know how far they're going to rise, but they are playing some good football with Lance Leipold and what he's been able to do. Another game that uh, is really, really big for me right now is that Utah traveling to Baylor on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff. It is a huge game. And when I say huge, the reason being is because Utah is a very, very physical football team. Uh, they, they, they punch you in the face. They punch you in the face. And Baylor has been punched in the face. They got punched in the face by Texas State last weekend, and they don't have their quarterback. Blake Shapin is out. Sawyer Robertson, uh, his dad was a former teammate of mine with Montreal Expos. We had a uh, we got drafted the same year. We were on a flight together when we got drafted. He's from Plainview, Texas. Uh, great, great family. So 
I want to see what Sawyer Robertson's going to be able to do. And not only is Blake shaping out this game, there's a possibility he's going to be out a couple of games, two to three weeks, which means that he may miss the University of Texas game when Baylor takes on Texas. So I'm excited to see that game. Another game that I really, really want to watch. I want to see what SMU, not SMU, excuse me, what uh, Oklahoma and SMU do. I do want to see that game. And the reason why I want to see that game is because I want to see if Oklahoma is going to be ready to to extend that playing that playing game. I want to see if Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel, who I'm very fond of, and I told people last year, I said Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback and he might fit in perfect for what they're trying to do in Oklahoma. And Dylan Gabriel, when he's on the field, this team has a chance to win every single game. Another team that I want to watch is Texas Tech. How is Texas Tech going to rebound as they host Oregon? Six o'clock in Lubbock on Fox. It will be a game. I got a couple TVs in my house. Thank you, Tom McKay, audiovisual consultations. I have a couple TVs set up in my house where I would be able to have multiple games on. I don't have the same setup as BK. Now, I know BK's got, I think he told us the other day, he got like seven TVs. I'm like, what? How do you, like, what are you, is, are you a sports bar? I don't know, but I am really I'm really going to be intrigued to see how Texas Tech is going to bounce back from that beatdown that they took from Wyoming. And I know everybody's like beatdown. Yeah, you got beat. And it was a beatdown. It was a very, very physical game. So I want to see how you bounce back from that and see if your mind's right and see if y'all are still with Joey McGuire. I was talking to one of my buddies the other day and he's a Texas Tech. Get your guns up. He was not happy with the performance that they have. And he even said, why are we talking so much trash and we got beat by Wyoming? But like I told you guys, that next week game for University of Texas looms big, pending on what happens physically in this game against Alabama. Also, this game doesn't really go up on the radar for a lot of people, but I'm interested to see what this UCF-Boise State game is. I really, really, really want to see what UCF is. This is a team that nobody really talks about. They have a lot of talent on that team. Gus Malzahn as the play caller and the head coach, and Plumley as the quarterback, who's a hell of a baseball player. I talked to one of my scout friends about him. He said he's, <coughs> excuse me, really talented at quarterback, and he plays a good center field. So I'm interested to see that game. And then, of course, the game that nobody is even bringing up. And I was talking to our man BK yesterday about this game. Texas State versus UTSA. I'm going to get my man Kef on next week to talk about the turnaround at Texas State. And is this going to be sustainable? I firmly believe it will be sustainable. But think about this matchup. Texas State travels to take on UTSA. Jeff Trailer, G.J. Kenny, two guys that are embedded in the Texas high school sport, Texas high school football. They're part of the Texas High School Coaches Association. They believe in bringing in kids from the university. Of, I mean, from the university. From Well, they do get them from different universities. They did have a transfer portal, and there's a lot going on there. But as I get ready to watch this game, UTSA had a hard-fought game against um, U of H. U of H wins the game. UTSA loses this game. 
and Texas State goes to Baylor and beats Baylor in the submission. But I'm interested because UTSA is favored by 13 points in this game. How? What did I miss? Because I watched both of those games last week. And I thought that Texas State looked sharp, especially with T.J. Finley at the quarterback position. They got playmakers on the outside. They ran the ball. They played tough defense. UTSA, Frank Harris, I know he's been there long enough. He's got an AARP card. That's how long he's been at uh, UTSA. But I'm really, really curious to what did I miss? Did they think that you uh, that Texas State – was too excited about last week and they weren't going to they're going to be let down there's going to be a big letdown are they talking about UTSA being pissed off that they lost that game to to U of H and Frank Harris did not play his best game against them I'm just curious to how they came up with that line and what did I miss during that time I don't know I don't know it's just real interesting to me but I, that's one of the games that I'm going to be paying attention to as well let me know what you think i'm excited for this weekend college football is here and nfl is here as well the dallas cowboys take on the new york giants sunday night football last night we got a chance to watch the fighting dan campbells i told y'all yesterday be biting kneecaps the fighting dan campbells have done a great great job of getting their team to believe that they are are a contender we talked about that division that they're in, and then they go out there and they beat the champs uh, on their ring ceremony night, the banner-raising night. Uh, they got beat. And it's it's funny to me because I thought Travis Kelsey was going to end up playing. I know he shouldn't have played, but I thought for sure he was going to be able to play. And here's one of the things that I want you all to truly, truly understand. When you have that safety net of a player like Travis Kelsey, I know that you had Patrick Mahomes and Kadarius Tony look like he was point shaven and just we might need to make sure that he ain't part of no gambling ring later on because the way he was dropping balls, that dude right there made me feel like I should be out there playing. No, I didn't want to get hit either. But that dude was dropping passes and it made me a little bit suspicious of his uh, well-being out there. But you need that safety net as you continue to play this game. I talked about it before. There's so many guys, like everybody was talking about Dak Prescott and how he was always going to Dalton Schultz. I believe Dak Prescott's new number 87 and his safety net is going to be Jake Ferguson. And speaking of Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey talked about him earlier this year and thought that he was going to be the next breakout star in the NFL at the tight end position. I loved it when the Cowboys drafted him. I loved it when he got his opportunities to play. And I think he's going to be a very important part for what Dak does this year as that safety net. So I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson. And I'm also a big fan of Dak Prescott. What are the Cowboys going to do? I said that the Cowboys' biggest strengths this year is going to be their defense. We've seen it over the last couple of years. We've seen uh, once Dan Quinn came to the Dallas Cowboys, the persona of the team became just that. It became, we're going to be a defensive-minded team. We're going to, that's why Mike McCarthy said that they want to run the ball a little bit more. Is Tony Pollard going to be a every down bat? I still don't know. I still don't know. And my man Rob B told me a while back, he talked about this quote before. 
that Skip Peak, the running backs coach, said that anytime that Tony Pollard had a big run, he would come to the sideline and say, man, I, I'm, I'm gassed, coach. I'm gassed. It's like, what do you mean? It was one big run. You got to be conditioned. And now you're going to try to carry the ball 25 times in a game. I don't know if that's going to be possible. So watch out for Rico Dowdle. He's going to be a major part of it. Malik Davis is suspended for the first part of this. Uh, no, not Malik Davis. What's the other running back that we got? Jones. Jones. He's going to be suspended for a while. Uh, but Deuce Vaughn is in the backfield. You still have C.D. Lamb. Jalen Tolbert's going to be a big-time player. But, again, I believe that the Dallas Cowboys team is going to really depend and lean on that defense, and Dak is going to have a better year. Obviously, Dak has had some, some issues. His bad year was last year. Dak doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Dak doesn't do any of those other things. I think that this is a, a major part of the success. So this weekend is the kickoff for NFL football. We got a big weekend when it comes to uh, college football, and I am excited about it. Let's get back to some of these comments that we had about uh, some of the players to watch out. Here's one of them right here. I think this. I need Finkley to show up and show out. He's from Bama, so I think he has something to prove while he's returning home. I, I agree with you. Again, Texas hasn't had anybody play on the edge like that in a very long time. That is what we're hoping for. We want to see some defensive guys come off the edge and make a name for themselves. There is some young people that are out there that you want to continue to see and say, are you ready to make those kind of plays? I believe that they are. And Justice Finkley, I like it. I like it. Let's make that happen. Here's another one. My man Sal, he said horns by 11. Ooh, Sal, love that. If that's the case, yeah, we're going to be partying in Austin, Texas. So you might be right there. I like that. Uh, I was talking about the, the Texas State versus um, – UTSA and how they're a 13-point favorite. My man just said, the triangle of toughness got that bias out there. That might work, too. That might work, too. So it's going to be fun. All these games, it's college football, man. College football, NFL, all going on at the same time. This is going to be that type of, of season. And remember, I told you, everybody's excited about their team until they get punched in the face. And then it's like, man, here we go again. Enjoy the games. Don't take the victories too high and don't take the other losses too low. Just see what happens. Let it all play out. Let the season happen. There's going to be a lot of craziness in college football, as always. There's some craziness in the NFL. There's always something happening. And I want to ask you this, and this is, this is something that's really, really been on my mind. I had a meeting yesterday with a buddy of mine, a former professional baseball player as well. We sat and we were talking about this Deion Sanders situation. And everybody, I'm not saying is praying for the downfall, right? It's kind of like what I was telling you. If you don't believe in yourself, then who ever is going to believe in you? And that is where Deion is right now. D, this is a team that was 1-11 last year. People gave them a hard time. 
because he said he brought his luggage with him. Well, the luggage showed up. The luggage came. He didn't have to wait at the gate that long. They didn't lose his luggage in, in the flight. His luggage was waiting on him. And they came out, and they beat a team that played in the national semifinals. The national championship, excuse me, not the semifinals, the national championship game. And they went out, and they beat that team, and they beat them handily. They're still light. We all know that. They're, they're, they're different. So for him to go out and match the win total of last year, and now Fox Big Noon kickoff is going to Boulder, Colorado, Folsom Field, for the first time in forever, forever, to welcome Nebraska, team that they hate each other. That's a whole big eight days. Then Nebraska hates Colorado, and Colorado hates Nebraska. But with all that being said, it is a huge, huge opportunity for all this to happen right before our very eyes. So for that, I'm going to give praise to Dion. He made Colorado relevant again. When was the last time any of us talked about Colorado? Okay, I'll wait. I think the last time we talked about Colorado is when they legalized marijuana out there. And everybody was really excited about it. So if you're talking about the devil's lettuce and having fun, and that's why Dion is so excited about it, I enjoy it. And I'm here for the ride. So please, please don't jump on my man, my man primetime too much. Let him enjoy himself. And let's see what happens when you get to that point for a prime time. If he wins tomorrow, <laughs> even with his two toes that are missing, my man's going to be getting it in. Let's bring in my man Trey Allen. Let me see if I can get this done right here. So as we get Making ready to work. do this crosstalk real quick, I wanted to ask you. Yes, sir. Oh, let me make sure. There you go. So let me ask you. No. Leave the studio. We're good. Boom. Okay. So we've been talking about this for a while. We've been leading up to this weekend. I know that you're about to get into it. You're going to talk about it with BK. But what is the biggest question mark for you leading into this game as the Texas Longhorns travel to Tuscaloosa? What what area of concern sticks out the most for you? The two biggest areas of concern for me, Harge, I'll give you one on each side of the ball. Okay. Start on offense. No, it's not Quinn Ewers hitting the deep ball. It's that offensive line doing a better job of carrying out their assignments. I think that if that happens and Quinn is lace, uh, facing less pressure and the running backs 
have a little bit of room to run, then this Texas offense is going to start cooking in the first half like what we saw in the third quarter against Rice last week. It will be the same? No, because you are facing a pretty stout Alabama defense. So the offensive line is an, an X factor for me there. And on the defensive side of the ball, my biggest area of concern Hate to say it, Longhorn fans. I know we, you know, we've got some cautious optimism going on. We saw one breakdown last week, and it's David Benda. Nick Saban and Tommy Reese are going to be going after guys that they consider to be weak links on that defense right now. There aren't a ton of them. And so you look at guys who are maybe untested. David Benda is untested. You have him on tape losing track of a receiver he was responsible for going over the middle of the field, which I think turned into the biggest gain for Rice last weekend. 30-plus yard gain. So uh, David Benda is a guy that they're going to be targeting. They're also probably going to go after Ethan Burke a little bit too, and that is concerning to me. But just knowing how important David Benda is in this game and some of the different things they're going to be asking of him as well, and then not having a whole lot of depth behind him either if he's not the answer, that's my biggest concern on defense. What about you? Well, my biggest concern is just that. How are we going to be able to contain? Yeah, you got to be able to contain Jalen Milrow. We know that... He's a, an, an ex- excellent runner with the football. Don't let him outside. Mm-hmm. Make him stay where it's all cluttered up. Let Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy keep him in that pocket area where if he does try to go outside and he tries to cut it back, they're going to eat him up. They're going to eat him up like a sandwich. So I'm hoping that they make sure that they stay in there lane, like you were talking about, making sure that they know their assignments, but most importantly, don't let him get outside. They will certainly be playing Ethan Burke a a certain amount, but I'm curious to see when they actually go with that other lineman being one of those bigger-bodied guys who is making sure that he's taking care of setting the edge so the linebackers can come in and maybe clean the play up when it's an obvious run play. And then also, yeah, Jalen Milrow at quarterback, who's going to be spying him tomorrow? Probably going to be a combination of guys. Are there two or three dudes that you're looking at to do the most of that? Is it a Jalen Catalan, which we've all handled him with kid gloves up to this <laughs> yeah, point because we know what he's capable now. of? Exactly. Yeah. Kid gloves are off. I mean, yeah. if this is Jalen's last game for uh, a couple of weeks, <laughs> then so be it. That's what it right. needs to be, I guess. But Jalen Ford might do a little bit of that, but he's so good in so many different areas. You don't want to pigeonhole him necessarily. Because Alabama has really good tight ends. We've asked questions about their wide receivers and how untested they are to go along with Milrow. Tight ends are a nice safety valve for Jalen. And uh, oftentimes, those are the guys that he's looking at first and foremost, too. So I'm excited right now. We've been talking about this game not just all week long, but it feels like a year at this point since, since last year's game ended. And it does feel like the Longhorns have an opportunity in front of them. Yeah, they definitely. we definitely have talked about this for a while. And the fact of just so close, just so close. And everybody still believes if he would have stayed in the game, Quinn yours, they believe that Texas would have won that game and no telling what, where his confidence would have been mm-hmm. at that time, avoiding the injury. But here we are going to Nick Saban's house. And you know, you don't come in there and just kick the furniture over. You better come prepared. No, plenty of teams over the last however many years have figured that out, including five home losses for Alabama in something like the last 15 years. That is a ridiculous number, but this is that rare situation where Alabama is truly in reload mode and has a question at the quarterback position. So can Pete Kwiatkowski take advantage of that? Come on, PK. We'll see. We believe in you. We'll see. So you and BK got to have a great show. I'm going to. 
up there and try to talk to Michael Griffin and see what's going on up there, see what that food is looking like too, man. Food looks good. Smoky Moe's. You also have Verde's up there too. They provided some chips and salsa and queso too. And yeah, I think Griff has just arrived. So have fun talking (laughs) to Griff and send PK down here. I got you, brother. Have a great show. Thanks, buddy.